Good morning, everybody. Uh, thank you once again for joining me for another episode of my parenting podcast. I'm super excited to be here this morning because I've got up with a real spring in my step. Uh, it's only 20 past seven. I've done my morning meditation. I've done my visualization. Um, I've done a little bit of exercise. And, you know, the, the, the mornings for me are a real good time for creation, inspiration and gut feeling. And interestingly, my gut feeling this morning was I really need to come and share with you why I'm doing this. Why am I a parent coach? Why have I been a teacher for over 25 years now? Why does early years in particular, children naught to seven, why does that development interest me so much? And, you know, I have a real need these days. My my career is changing and I've been involved in nurseries for a really long time. So I've been I've worked from well, my, my first history is that I've always wanted to be a teacher. That has been my lifelong ambition to be a teacher. And interestingly, went into finance when when I first left school because I just couldn't bear the school system anymore. I couldn't bear going on to do any more um, learning. And so I came out of school. I finished my I didn't finish my A-levels. I came halfway through my A-levels. And in those days, um, you didn't even get an AS level. So I came out of them halfway through because I absolutely hated it so much. And um, so I went into finance, did really well, actually. I was really impressed with um, how far I went with finance. And it was the moment for me when, you know, I'd, I'd climbed up the ranks. I'd got lots of targets. I was on fire, um, loads of conversions going on in the bank. And, you know, I was a mortgage advisor at the time. So there was lots of sales coming in and they wanted me to train, actually, to be a financial advisor. And I decided right there and then I need to have my notice in, change my career, because actually I knew in my heart, I knew in my gut that being a teacher is really, really where I want to be. And so I started in a school, um, moved areas, interestingly, started my teacher training, moved areas, moved to Surrey in the UK and uh, joined a nursery, just joined a nursery because I needed a job, thought this is stopgap for me. Um, I won't last very long because I need to get back into a school. That's where my heart is. And actually, very, 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 very quickly, I realised that that was where my niche was. That was literally I found where education started was at the earliest stages of a child's life. Um, so I ditched my uh, teaching degree and started my early years teaching degree and became a specialist teacher in the early years field. And I've learned so much and I've learned so much from the children. Uh, would be the my biggest learning and I still continue to learn so much from children they are our biggest educators um, they they know exactly what they need and it's it's our job around them to be that facilitator to be that person who is their role model who is their teacher who is their guide to show them everything there is to know about life um, particularly in early years I'm not a believer of academic achievement at all um, I think there's there's so many people kind of thinking this way now, but we just don't need it. There is so much time for academic achievement. It's so important. Of course, it's so, so important. But I just don't think it's needed in early years. It's emotional intelligence that is needed in early years. That is the first and foremost. The three prime areas of the early years foundation stage covers personal, social, emotional development. And that is emotional intelligence. You know, how good do you feel about yourself? How do you interact with others? How do you have conversations with others? How do you know how they're feeling versus how you're feeling? How do you deal with 
situations of conflict? How do you deal with all the range of emotions that are coming through? How do you deal with all of that unless we teach a child? And that is such a missing piece in education. It really is. But not in early years. The minute you come out of early years, somehow it completely disappears. Probably not right for me to say that because I'm sure there's some bits and pieces going on in schools. But notoriously, I feel one of the biggest areas that we cover in the three prime areas, as I say, that that is the three foundations of what children should learn in early years is personal, social and emotional development. It's the emotional development that I'm particularly um, interested in. And then, of course, is physical development. Children need to move. They need to move in a range of ways, um, of course. And then communication language. You know, they're, they're the three prime areas if you're interested. But I think, um, you know, why, why am I here? I think I'm here for the children, first and foremost. I could give some great big spiel about why I want to be there for parents. And I want parents to be the greatest parents and educators. And I will say all of that. I do. I do want parents to feel good. I do want you to enjoy parenthood and um, uh, parenting you know but at the end of the day it doesn't come that easy to most people um, I always say it's like you wouldn't go and do uh, brain surgery if you hadn't trained for six years how to be a brain surgeon yet somehow we can have a child who doesn't come with any manual whatsoever every child is different and somehow we can say, right, OK, we can become a parent now, but we have no idea how to parent, you know, and that's OK. That's OK for us to say it's OK. We need to break down those barriers to say it's OK that I'm not sure how to parent my child. What do I do when the going gets tough? What do I do when they're having a meltdown? What do I do when they're answering me back, when they won't go to bed, when they won't eat their dinner, when they won't do as they're told? It's like, ugh, what do I do in these situations? Yet somehow... We think because it's a very natural thing for a human being to do, to go and have a child. It's like we should know what we're doing. We just should know. And then we get all these societal pressures on saying that, you know, as, as a parent, you should know what you're doing. And if you don't, then you're not good enough. You're not worthy enough. You feel guilty. Um, you think you're being judged. Um, you know, all of those things, they're like, ew, that's uh, really not a very nice feeling at all. But I still have to come back that I am here for the children. All of this stuff, all of our emotions, all of the fact that we might not know how to parent is not our child's fault. It's not our child's fault. They didn't ask to be brought into this world. You chose to have them. And I think it's it's a real it's a real change in thinking. And a real expectation for me that if you're going to have a child and you're going to have a family, you really need to understand how to parent your children. You really need to, because it's it's not their fault if you'll find you, you know, parenting at the end of the day will be the most fantastic job you will ever do. You know, the feeling you get of having your own child, the love that you have for your own child is is something I can't even put into words. It is totally and utterly amazing. It really is. It really is. You know, you have to feel into that emotion of how much do I love my child? I would throw, even now, my children, adults, I would throw myself in front of a bus to save them. You know, that's what it is. It's like you will do anything and everything for your child. But it's also, parenting is also the most frustrating and challenging 
job you will ever have. It will push you to limits that you never thought were there. It will trigger you. Now I'm saying it um, because I think your child and your child's behaviour are two different things because your child is absolutely perfect as they are. And of course, they've got all these emotions that are going to come, which I'll go into in a minute. And I and I always say it, parenting it, the, the actual doing of parenting will push you to every limit, every challenge, every knockdown, every guilty feeling. It will make you feel like shit sometimes. Your child will not make you feel like shit, but parenting will make you feel like shit. It really will, because it's really bloody hard work. You know, at the end of the day, you're trying to bring up your family. You're trying to uh, build a living, create a living, have a house, have a lifestyle, have a social life. All of this stuff is crammed around your having your children as well. And sometimes that becomes their fault as well. And that's not fair. Again, I always come back. They, they didn't choose to come into this world, yet somehow we're fitting everything in around them. And they're part of the jigsaw puzzle piece. They should be the biggest jigsaw puzzle piece in this whole situation. Not how am I going get, to get get to go back to work? And, you know, where does my child need to go? And child minding is so expensive. Who's going to have my child? It's like, you know, we need to really think about these things really before you have children. And there's never a right time to have a child. You never if you really sit down and think about whether you can afford to have a child, you'll never have a child because, you know, I had my child when I was 18, nearly 19. There's no way I could afford to have him. But the the beauty and the thrill of having my baby um, at that point was, was far outweighed what I was earning, far outweighed where I was living and all of that. And, and I had a very supportive family. But. You know, you're never going to get to a stage where you think, oh, I can really afford to have a child now. Let's go because they just drain you. It just drains you um, of every penny that you've got most of the time. So, you know, so why am I here? I keep coming back to that question. Why am I here? I am here to support as many children as I can have the best upbringing, have the best role models around them, really for people around them to understand about emotional intelligence, to really understand why children are doing what they're doing at different stages of their life, different stages of their upbringing, and for us to meet them where they are in those needs at that point. So, of course, if I'm going to do that, if I'm going to help as many children as I can have the best childhood, I need to help you. I need to help you as educators. I need to help you primarily as parents, because that's where it all starts. You are their first educator. The children don't go to school and start learning when they get to school. The minute, even before they're born, they start learning from you. They start learning how they can connect with you, how they can interact with you, how you respond to different situations. Um, they learn everything there is to know about life with you. And I really am a true believer, again, that... 80, I, mean, I keep changing it, it used to be 70%, 80%, 90%, I sit with 80% of what children, 80% um, of children's education comes from home, it does, you know, the children go to school, of course they get a good education, um, but education for life starts at home, and that's so, so important. Because that's when they learn. If we teach our children in the earliest stages how to feel good about themselves, how to be able to express themselves, how they can be well and truly loved, even when 
they're having a meltdown, even when they're screaming at you, even when they're telling you they hate you. If, if I can help you feel emotionally grounded as a parent to know how to interact with your child in those times when they're triggering you, then that child will not grow up with as many. I mean, I always say as many because we always grow up with limiting beliefs because we can't be around our children all the time. Life is not perfect. It is what happens. But if most of the time I can help you interact with your child in a way that makes them feel safe emotionally, helps them overcome these big emotions that they're going to experience, understand how to interact with you and others, understand what to do when they're having a tough time with someone else. You know, if I can help you as a parent feel grounded and feel good about parenting, then the child is going to have a good upbringing. And I think there are three elements that I really teach when it comes to parent coaching and supporting you. There are three elements that I teach. The biggest one is you. You're going to grow up with your own limiting beliefs, that own, your own ideas and style of parenting is going to come out when you have your children. And of course, you need to be on the same page as your partner. They're going to have their own beliefs about up, their upbringing. They're going to have their own limiting beliefs and subconscious programming about life. They're going to have the, on, the only way that you really learn about parenting is when you were parented. And then you were a child. And of course, you were trying to find your own way in life at that point. But then what happens when you have a child, you think, oh, well, that's what, the way my mum did it. That's when my dad did it. That's the way clearly I need to do it because that's what I learned. But there's just a different way of doing things now, you know, and that, that's for another podcast. But there's a whole different way of doing things now that doesn't have to be the same way as we were brought up. Um, and that, you know, it could be negative. You're going to have your own traumas. You're going to have big traumas, little traumas. There's going to be trauma throughout your childhood um, in different ways. And there are so many people out there to help with those big traumas, little traumas. You know, there's I am a coach. I'm I work on mindset. I work on, um, you know, working with you working on your own limiting beliefs but sometimes the traumas are different they're just bigger and there are specialist people out there to deal with and I can help you find somebody if there's something I can't help with of course I will help you um, find somebody that can really support you in that in moving through that those big traumas that you may have experienced growing up but generally, you know, we, we work on you we work on your own emotional intelligence and the next biggest thing I focus on is your child. It's so important to understand your child. It's so important to understand brain development. It's so important to understand what they're going through at every stage of their development from when they were six months old to a year is so different to, you know, I look at my little Jack, my grandson, and I think from a year, he's now 20 months. He's now putting words together. He's stringing words together. You know, the, it's phenomenal. The rate at which children develop is absolutely phenomenal. And I think we have, a, we have not a right, but we have a an expectation that we should learn and understand child development. Because we learn it when we go and be a practitioner, when we're an educator, when we're going to teach him, particularly early years. I will always talk about early years. When you do your degree in early years, you learn about brain development. You learn to understand why a child is behaving the way they do. But as parents, of course, you don't learn that. So I want 
I want to teach you that. I want you to understand your developing child. I want you to understand what we call the upstairs brain and the downstairs brain. And, you know, the, the section in their brain that is under construction, the prefrontal cortex is you know, learning everything there is to know about reasoning and thinking and logical thinking and all of that. And the downstairs brain is all about their emotional intelligence, which is hugely developed at this point. And that there's a real need to learn all about that. And then the third biggest thing I teach you is all about strategy. You know, you to be a good parent, you have to be the leader and the captain of your ship. You have to make some decisions sometimes about saying no and understanding how to deal with the fallout when you need to say no. Not no from a battle point of view, not from I am the most important person, I am the adult, you'll do as you're told um, or else. But from a safety, from a safeguarding point of view, maybe, I don't know, different situations that they want to go one way, you want to go the other. It's not good to go that way. We're going to go this way. But it's it's about keeping your control and, and keeping your emotion stable, your emotions stable so that you can interact with your child. Say no with confidence um, and move them through the emotion that they will feel at that point without you getting triggered. You know, learning why time out is not a thing. It should be time in, which there is a there is a there's something on my pod, uh, my Instagram about that, about time in, not time out. Really supporting children's emotional needs, um, as I keep saying, is, is, is huge, absolutely huge. So having a good strategy of practical tips and tricks on how to be a good parent how to interact with your child so that you're not giving in to them the whole time i do think there's been a pendulum swing in parenting i think historically probably in my my era when i was growing up in the 70s and 80s it, it was pretty hardcore you know you do as you're told or else um you go and sort your emotions out get to your room sort yourself out don't get me wrong i would always say i had a lovely upbringing my mum loved me did but um, sorry, the phone just rang. That's why I paused there. <laughs> I would keep it very natural and normal when I'm doing um, when I'm doing a uh, podcast. It's throwing me off now. Um, yeah, so the 70s and 80s growing up was pretty hardcore. You know, you get a slap leg, um, you behave, you do as you're told. So emotional intelligence really wasn't a thing. You know, whereas now it, it, there's a huge amount that we understand about um about parenting and about a different style and a different way getting rid of those historical types of parenting strategies that just don't work see I can't even get my words out because they're just not in my vocabulary but coming to a stage where you've got you know I was talking about the pendulum that's what I was doing so the pendulum swung so far the other way almost that we're seeing a generation of children grow up I think where the boundaries for them and the routines and consistency and parenting it's just not been very good. And they've been given into so much that when when you then see young teenagers, young adults coming through, they don't know how to interact with someone else. They don't know how to um, deal with conflict. Um, they don't know how to deal with disappointment because a group of, of parenting upbringing skills, I feel, styles has been given to them all the time, make them happy all the time. We mustn't tell our children off we mustn't get cross with them we mustn't say no we mustn't 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 and therefore it's created a generation of young adult growing up again in my opinion in my humble opinion of what I see um where parents become the underdog almost and the child is 
is is big and in charge as we say but it's because we've not been strong enough to give them those secure boundaries to give them those safe emotional boundaries to say no we're not doing it you know we can come really back to the center in the fact that we don't need punishment we don't need hard discipline and punishment to force a child to do as they're told but we do need strategy and we do need confidence and we do need um emotional intelligence from ourselves to be that captain of our ship to say you know no we're not doing that I understand you're going to get emotional about it and I'm really sorry I'm here to help you but it's still no and I help you build that confidence into your parenting so that everyone feels safe and secure everyone feels heard everyone feels seen everyone has a part to play so that's why I'm here That's why I'm here, because I think that extends really to educators as well, because when I worked in a school a few years back, um, had a a slight change of career and I went and worked in a school and I was I loved it. Absolutely loved it because I went into a group of year five students, 10 year olds. And most of the time there were five boys, bless their hearts, um, that were the, the class as inverted commas, the naughty children. I don't do the word naughty. There is no such thing as a naughty child. But they were the naughty ones. They were the ones sent out all the time, disruptive in class. But when I really looked at their parents, it was down to their earliest years in parenting that it just wasn't there. And they're probably the children I'm talking about. They didn't respect any boundaries. They didn't understand any boundaries. But, you know, I worked so hard. I worked my ass off to give those children within that safe environment in the classroom some boundaries, some give and take, some I I did not do that ladder that was on the wall. I did not do the boundary, um, what do you call it, the behaviour ladder, where you do as you told you, you go down the ladder and then you're out of the classroom. Can't stand it, really can't stand it. I worked with my children. We had a set of activities that we needed to do for the day. It was almost like business before pleasure, which I often talk about. Um, so the, the, this is what we have to get done today. So it'd be all of the curriculum stuff that was in there. And then we got to choose all the things in between that of what we wanted to do. And one little girl was really, really wanting to do meditation. So we did at a time after usually you come in after break at lunchtime and there's a reading session. It still goes on. There's a reading session, which I think is absolutely fine. But also in that reading session, I said, OK, we'll put some meditation on so that you can meditate or you can read. And, you know, it worked beautifully because some did. Some really understood that. They liked just having the music just wash over. One one little girl that really wanted to do it, she found other times to read. But, oh, my goodness, the look on her little face when we put the meditation on and she sat there for 20 minutes meditating and she was 10 years old. It was wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. So, you know, this really is for educators as well, because we don't need as teachers, you do not need that power over you will do as you're told or you're out of the classroom. You gain no respect from children, no respect from them whatsoever. And they feel that no one's listening to them. One of the little boys in my class said to me, you're the only teacher that ever listens. What is that telling everyone? You know, we really have to stop here, guys. We really have to take a step back and think the way we're educating our children just, in my opinion, the square peg round hole doesn't work. Yes, we need behaviour strategies. Yes, of course, we need to manage our children's behaviour within the classroom, but we also need to work with them. It's not about this forceful do as you're told or you're out of the classroom. And, you know, what do they learn from that? And it it was exactly the same. I I remember feeling absolutely 
absolute fear and intrepidation in my biology lesson because the teacher was just like that, picking on people in the class. My heart was in my mouth every time for a whole hour. I sat there absolutely hating everything about that biology class. Did I ever want to do anything? Did I, do I have good memories about biology? Hated it. Absolutely hated it. But it was all down to the teacher. And that's the other thing to bring up here is the fact that you know, you know, you will always go back, do it now, you'll always go back to that time at school where the lesson that you loved. Now, my Sam loved maths. When he was doing GCSE, he loved maths because the teacher was working with the children. She did five minutes prep, five minutes work, five minutes get up and make a noise, sit down, five minutes to, she completely turned things on her head like I do. And made that class interactive and he loved it. He learned so much. The following year, he had a completely and utterly different teacher. She was strict, sit down, in silence, do as you're told, right from the board. So boring, so unentertaining. And he hated it, absolutely hated it. But you'll always have, go back to your childhood in your school. Which, child, which lesson did you love and why? And which lesson did you hate and why? And I'm telling you, it will come back to the teacher, always always come back to the teacher and their learning style, their teaching style. And that teaching style has to change. So everything I talk about in child development, building positive strategies, uh, emotional intelligence, working with your child, all relates to educators and teachers as well. Absolutely. So, you know, that's why I'm here. I'm here to make sure that children are heard, that children feel listened to, that children have a voice that children understand their role and their part to play in their upbringing, that they understand that sometimes it's no, they understand that, that somebody is there, whether it's their teacher, whether it's mainly their parent, that you're there as captain of their ship, that you're there and you've got their back, that you understand them, that even in their times of, of emotional breakdown, that you understand them, that you don't send them away, that you don't ignore their feelings, ignore their emotions. I'm here for the children, that's for sure. And being here for the children means helping you feel good about parenting and teaching and feel good about the fact that you understand child development. It's so important. I keep saying that it's so important and that you have a real good set of strategies up your sleeve so that you can support them to the best of your ability knowing how to interact with them at that point. That's it. That's why I'm here. I hope you find that useful. I'm going to look forward actually to listening back to this one because I've got so much passion, passion about this and I just want to share this with everyone. So I shall put this one out now and um, I hope you enjoy it. Thanks for listening, guys. Take care.